Welcome to Extraordinary People, a podcast series from UK Healthcare. The stories you'll hear are from patients who've overcome the most challenging moments of their lives, and our providers who've helped thousands of patients navigate those moments. My oldest said, he said, I thought my mom was a hero. Like, it doesn't really get more heroic than that. And I just remember being like, oh, my gosh, like, that's so crazy, right? Like, that you could do something that not only impacts another family, but, like, that your kid thinking that you're his hero. I mean, it just, I don't know. That was definitely a moment I'll never forget. And then, yeah, my middle son that just thought the whole process was cool that, you know, his mom was the match for his teacher's brother. I get a mother of three. I mean, you know, had her own life, raising her kids, you know, and, you know, for her to stop her life to do this, it was just, I mean, she's she's just a remarkable human being. I mean, to this day, if she calls or needs anything, I'm like, I, don't, I have no excuse. I got you. Like, anything you need, you know, I'll do anything. I don't care. In June of 2022... Jillian Codd and Nick Corman met each other for the first time. Just a few days later, they were both on operating tables at the UK Transplant Center. Jillian was donating one of her kidneys to Nick. He was a stranger in a way, and people kind of sometimes look at me like I'm crazy or something. Like, did you just like decide to give a stranger your an organ? And it, you know, but it was his twin sister that that we knew. And I don't know. I mean, I think it was just kind of in a way, weird way meant to be like a, me and my husband always call it like an unintentional calling, so to speak, that um, like once I got tested, it was never um, like, there was never a moment of hesitation that I would do it. So. At three years old, Nick Corman was certain of one thing. He wanted to be a firefighter. He and his twin sister, Kristen, grew up in the home of a single mother. But Nick latched on to the son of a neighbor, Rich Berry, as something of a father figure. Rich was a fireman. At three, all you care about is the trucks, the gear, and all that stuff. But, you know, he actually told me about the job that I guess was G-rated for my age. But I just fell in love with the job. And then when... We used to go down to the, uh, the the 4th of July, like, parades in Lexington or any event that the fire department was associated with. Rich was always working those events. So seeing him, this larger-than-life human being, in my eyes at that age, I was like, and then seeing these guys there all around him laughing, having fun, and then the trucks, the gear, I just fell in love with the job right then and there. So I knew at three years old after meeting him and kind of being exposed to the fire department here in Lexington that this is what I wanted to do with my life and I was going to try every way in the world possible to make this dream come true. By 2021, Nick had made great progress toward his goal. At the start of that year, he was working with the fire department in Berea, Kentucky with intentions of enrolling in the Lexington Fire Academy's next recruiting class. Come December, a lifelong dream was in jeopardy. During a physical, a test of his glomerular filtration rate, or GFR, indicated he was in stage 5 kidney failure. Nick's readout was a 6. A normal filtration rate is above 90. 
Other than fatigue, which he chalked up to work responsibilities, Nick presented no symptoms of kidney failure. He started seeing Dr. Megan Robinson, a nephrologist with UK Healthcare, to address his sudden health crisis. Dr. Robinson told Nick he needed to be on dialysis, based on his lab work, but dialysis would have made going through the fire academy impossible. Nick decided against dialysis, but continued regular testing to monitor his kidney function. Dr. Robinson wrote a letter to the fire department explaining Nick's health and that he would eventually require a kidney transplant. Nick started the academy in March 2022, and for a while he was proceeding without issue. About 10 weeks in, he started to feel like he was struggling with the mile and a half run. His performance times confirmed that suspicion, and his latest visit with Dr. Robinson showed that his kidney function was getting worse. Nick couldn't put off dialysis any longer. When Nick was diagnosed, family members and friends started getting tested to see if they were a donor match. His twin sister Kristen, who was certain she'd match, didn't. His mother was a match, but other health concerns prevented her from being able to donate safely. Nick was on the donor wait list, but waiting for a kidney from a deceased donor could take years. A living donor would provide a much quicker path to better health and becoming a firefighter. That's where Jillian Kide comes in. Kristen taught Jillian's sons in elementary school, and the two struck up a rapport during her first year as an educator. My middle son was in her class, and he told me after school, he was like, Miss Corman ran out, got a phone call and about her brother and ran out of the room crying. And so I had texted her back that December and said, you know, I don't mean to pry, but Hudson said you were really upset at school. Is everything okay with your brother? I didn't even know his name at that point. It was just Miss Corman's twin brother. And she said, oh, you know, it's stage five renal failure. He's going to need a... Um, living organ donor because the wait lists are so long. But at that point in December, she thought because she was the twin and she had an upcoming wedding, she was like, I'll do this this summer before my wedding and da, 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 da. And, you know, she, that was kind of the beginning of the testing. So then that was December. Fast forward to April, hadn't heard anything, saw her, gave her a hug, said hello. And I was like, is everything okay? And she said, no. Um, she said, so I wasn't a match. None of our family was a match. Um, none of the friends were a match. I think there was maybe one family member that was a match, but health-wise, like, they wouldn't, you know, it was too risky and complicated to do the surgery. And she's like, so I don't know, you know, and she just started crying. And I think the mother in in me was kind of just, like, in the solution-oriented um, kind of place of like, wait, like he's your age, he's 25 years old, like his whole life ahead of him. Um, he was about to be put on dialysis. And so I was like, all right, well, like, what's his blood type? What is the blood type of the owner or the organ donor need to be? And I just kind of got really inquisitive and was like, I feel like we need to open this up to like the community. Jillian and her husband both got tested to see if they would match with Nick. She was on a business trip in Nashville when she received a call from UK Healthcare notifying her that she'd matched with him. Jillian called Kristen immediately 
She knew her son Hudson was in class with Jillian and that she probably wasn't in a position to answer the phone. Um, she picks up or she might have called me right back. I can't remember, but she picks up in the middle of class and starts crying as I tell her I'm the match and her mom, you know, texts me later that day and, and Nick's girlfriend. And so it was crazy because I had literally never even met Nick, um, at that point. Like I entered 2022 knowing zero about living organ donation. I knew a lot about deceased organ donation. I was a proud organ donor on my driver's license, but didn't know anything about that. I talked to her on the phone briefly because the process to get, um, the process to get, you know, to, to see if you're a match, it's a, it's a journey. I think it takes about a month or two. So I was aware that Jillian was getting tested and, um, you know, and, and going through that, but I only talked to her on the phone. So, I mean, again, this woman, I mean, she knew of me, but she, uh, knew Kristen real well, obviously, and she loved Kristen and she literally, out of her own heart, you know, said, I want to do this. Um, so, uh, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I mean, she really, I mean, cause most people just don't donate to anyone. I mean, they, they usually donate to someone they're close to or they've met or their family. Jillian just loved my sister so much. And cause my sister, she does go, she, she has a huge heart for kids and she is a phenomenal teacher. I'm not just saying that cause she's my, te- my sister. I mean, her principal will go to bat for her, this, her, former students or students, parents, they all, I mean, Kristen's really good. And, uh, Kristen and Jillian just had a, like I said, a huge heart for Kristen. So when she found out that I was, you know, I mean, you could say dying of renal failure, Jillian wanted to jump in and, you know, help out as much as she can. According to Donate Life America, more than 90,000 people in the U.S. are on the wait list for a kidney transplant. The average wait time for a kidney from a deceased donor is three to five years. Living donors like Jillian not only shorten the wait time, but the quality of transplant is typically much higher. Dr. Mira Gupta, the UK healthcare transplant surgeon who operated on Nick, explains what makes living donor kidneys ideal. Someone like Nick, he has a very high uh, chance that he's going to need another kidney transplant at some point later on in life um, because of his age, right? So the average Um, Living donor kidney transplant lasts about 15 to 18 years, and he's only 27 years old. So from where I'm sitting, we want to try to get him the best possible lifespan out of this kidney so we can uh, push back any need for any more kidney transplants until much later, because the more uh, transplants you get, the harder it is to uh, match you if um, you're developing antibodies against prior uh, transplanted organs. So that's number one. Number two, the immune system remembers. Our ability to suppress the immune system with subsequent transplants is also very challenging um, and higher risk because then you put the patient at risk of developing cancers, developing infections, which could also take someone's life. So in these young patients, we try to set them up, set them up for success, try to get their kidneys to last a really long time. Um, you know, some of our living donor kidney recipients have out, have outlived their expected lifespan of their kidney transplant. We had a woman whose kidney lasted about 54 years and she died with a working kidney. So it's, it's really great to see. Um, and that's something that we'd really like to see in someone like him. 
Deciding to become a living organ donor is a sacrifice that comes with risk and questions beyond the complications that can arise from any surgery. Living donors go through an extensive psychological evaluation to determine their mental fitness to donate. They also have the right to opt out of their decision all the way up to the beginning of surgery. During her psychological exam, Jillian had to reckon with the possibility that one of her three children might someday need a kidney and that she would be unable to provide one. I know a lot of people that are like, oh my gosh, I can't handle one bl blood withdrawal. Like who would do this, you know, for somebody that's not their family member. But I, what I always tell them is I think the fact that I am a mother of three sons and I do have a sister and a husband I love and a, a life that I have worked really hard for and that I love and, um, you know, and a really honestly a strong faith that I think that all of those things kind of made me feel like God brought me here. God's going to bring me through it. But even beyond faith and God and family support, which is key, I think, during the recovery process and the whole emotional part of the process is that the modern science and the transplant team itself, like if I, I did my research, I knew they were excellent. I, they were so thorough. I asked, they always never hesitated to answer any questions I had during the complicated process of it all. So, you know, I think that would have been where my hesitation would have come in if I didn't really believe, you know, it, that I was at the best transplant center and believe in my surgeons and all the nurses and, you know, um, the donor advocates and all of that. So, um, and, you know, they do their you know, they make sure that you're not, you know, going to regret this and that you've really thought through this. I mean, even the psych eval was like pretty crazy. You know, um, she's like, look, I see here that you have three sons. What if you give your kidney to Nick Corman and then one of your sons needs a kidney one day and you're not able to? And I was like, well, I think Nick Corman's story is the perfect example that not always the time that family is going to be the answer to that. And, you know, we'll cross that bridge when when and if, and hopefully we never have to cross that bridge. Nick and Jillian met in person for the first time about a week before their surgeries, but they've been fixtures in each other's life since. Jillian, we, I remember I saw Jillian at UK Transplant before we had her surgery, getting blabs, and I mean, she looked like she just won, won the lotto. She was so excited to donate, and uh, we just, she just means the world to me. I mean, I just, I can't imagine, you know, not, I mean, even like post-transplant, I cannot imagine her not having her in my life. I mean, she's like a second mom, and, you know, just her going through that, and being a mother of three, and hardly knowing the woman, she literally just said, you know, all right, well, we're gonna, I'm going to do this, and she was so determined, and she was just a blessing from above, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been a crazy journey. Choosing to become a living donor is a serious decision that shouldn't be considered lightly, but it can give a second chance at life to someone like Nick Corman, who in July 2023 finally completed the Lexington Fire Academy and became a probationary hire within the department. Throughout my whole life, I just knew that I wanted to help people, I wanted to give back, and I wanted to be a part of something bigger than me. And I also want to be a part of a team. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just the best job in the world. I mean, it's, it's crazy we get paid to do this. We're blessed here in Lexington, and it's just a dream come true. 
personal sacrifice could save any stranger, including one who could save other people in the future. She asked me about, you know, all sorts of things, but I remember the psychologist or social worker, whoever she was, she, I remember she said, Jillian, I can just, I've done a lot of these, like, I can tell the peace that you have about giving. So, um, yeah, no hesitation, which I know is like a really, I think it like <laughs> really like weirds people out. I don't know if that's the right word, but it like really boggles people's mind. But I like to think I'm like an empathetic person and, you know, have had enough things that have led me to where I am in my life to where, um, you know, I don't know. I don't really think there's a bigger gift you could probably give to someone so pretty miraculous um where science can take us and like what is possible if we just get a blood test <laughs> so it's pretty crazy if you are interested in becoming a living kidney donor please call the uk transplant living donor program at 859-323-2467 or complete the online form available at ukhealthcare.uky.edu slash kidney donor form This episode of Extraordinary People was brought to you by the UK Healthcare Brand Strategy Team. If you were a patient at UK Healthcare and would like to share your story, please visit ukhealthcare.com stories. We would love to help you tell it. Thank you for listening. <laughs>